Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Hello and welcome to Podcast Rebellion. This is Juco All-American and I am joined by Whiskey Wednesday. We actually saw each other this past weekend, which is an uncommon occurrence. We were uh, at a wedding uh, in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, That was cool. Um, We're going to be talking about uh, how Ole Miss can beat Alabama, maybe, or how a team can beat Alabama, and then how that applies to Ole Miss as well. But uh, yeah, before we go there, uh, we were at this wedding, and um, their well rum was like Bacardi clear, and their well scotch was Glenfiddich 12. So that's what we drank. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and, and a lot of it, and it was great. And and we drank a lot of other stuff too. And yeah, I'm taking it easy for the next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we are not drinking now. Uh, it is Wednesday afternoon. Uh, at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I'm recovered, but still like no hankering for, uh, for alcohol at the moment. Yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's jump right in. Uh, obviously LSU beat Alabama this weekend. Um, so let's talk first about, uh, the way that that happened. So, um, I think a few things, well, three things really stuck out to me. Um, one was LSU was very efficient in passing. They didn't produce a lot of volume, but so Jaden Daniels was 22 of 32 for only 182 yards, two touchdowns, no pick, no picks. It was actually, uh, his second highest QBR of the season, I think at 85.4. Um, so, you know, they, they did what they needed to do to keep Alabama's defense honest through the air, uh, and didn't give it away. Uh, we actually got to watch this, the last, at least the last, the fourth quarter, uh, together at, after the wedding, or I, I guess after the night after the wedding, <laughs> um, what, what, what were your thoughts about Jaden Daniels of what you saw? Um, Really, I mean, Daniels was efficient, much like he was against Ole Miss. Um, I think his numbers were a little more pedestrian against Alabama. I mean, I opened up the box score, and I kind of expected LSU's offensive production to be a little better. Um, Right. They only, let's see, they had 367 yards of offense for the game, which is not a lot. Uh, Alabama outgained them by about 100. and, and yeah, Daniels, I mean, I think he did a really good job of taking what the Alabama defense gave him. Uh, but really more of my attention was on Bryce Young. Um, and I don't know if we want to skip straight to that, but yeah, no, definitely that's fine. thoughts there. Yeah. It really interesting that, that, that Alabama attempted 51 passes uh, for this game and without a ton of success. So, so Bryce Young passed for 328 yards, but on 25 out of 51 attempts, which really led to a lot of three and outs for them. Um, and a lot of times LSU did get some good pressure on him, but even times where, you know, it was pretty early in the count, pretty, you know, before pressure really got there, uh, you see really Bryce Young really like shuffling his feet uh, and then delivering some like, low balls because his feet weren't set 
just really looked uncomfortable in the pocket. So hard to say whether that's more the LSU defense or if Bryce Young is just kind of a little bit shook at this point. Yeah, so it was his lowest QBR of the of the season at 70.1. Um, and <clears throat> LSU forced 10 quarterback hurries, the LSU defense. Uh, they were in his face all the time, made it really hard on him. And, you know, Alabama's wide receiver play is not very good. And so with that, those two things combined, uh, the inability to make dynamic plays on the outside, um, that's, that's tough for them. Um, one other thing before we move more holistically to Alabama, uh, LSU also ran really well. And, and that started actually with Jaden Daniels, which, you know, if we're thinking about, and we're going to get into Ole Miss in a few minutes, but, uh, if we're thinking about Ole Miss, certainly the, if the recipe to beat Alabama is to be a fi- efficient, if not prolific passing and really contribute a lot in the quarterback run game, then, hey, that's Jackson Dart. Um, but, yeah, so Jaden Daniels had t- 18 carries for 95 yards uh, at a 5.3-yard clip and, and a touchdown. And then Josh Williams had the most carries of any running back, 7 for 54 yards and a touchdown, uh, which is a 7.7-yard 7. 7 per carry clip. So, Clearly, uh, you know, they were passing more than they were running. And when they ran, it was usually with Jaden Daniels, which is interesting. That is very different than, um, I, I guess, actually, they, they had an even split of passing and running because they had a lot of, like, guys with, like, one or three or five or something like that carries. Uh, but, you know, Ole Miss's path to success is likely running it twice as often as they pass it. Um and so, you know, we'll see how that works out. Um, let's move on to Alabama. So uh, Alabama's strengths. Uh, I, I, looked some, I looked at some of their statistics, and uh, they... Uh, actually, uh, before we move on from the LSU game, uh, do you have anything to add here to the LSU game and things you noticed that would be, you know, important for us to pay attention to? I mean... Not really. I mean, I think it was just kind of a, a crazy game in Death Valley. Um, and there, you know, I'm sure if you're Lane Kiffin and staff watching film, there's a lot you can take away from that game, but I'm not going to try to tell you what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so Alabama, uh, they are still super strong overall defensively. Um, they have the ninth most efficient pass defense. They have allowed the 11th fewest rushing yards total. I, I couldn't find a, uh, a ranking of yards per carry. Um, they get teams off the field. They are in the top 20 or sorry, top 25 in uh, third down efficiency and fourth down efficiency. So, you know, a really good defense. Um, and offensively, they're strong. They have a, you know, Jameer Gibbs is a, is a really good running back who's averaging like what, seven yards per carry or something like that on the season? Let me let me pull his, his data up. I think 6.8. Uh, six, yeah. 6.8, yeah. So, you know, pretty good. Um, and they are still uh, a, a an efficient passing offense. They are 33rd in pass efficiency. Ole Miss is 37th. Um, I think that the problem is, you know, we've seen them have tight games against Texas. 
Texas A&M, the loss to Tennessee, and the loss to LSU. And uh, what seems to happen is that they give up big plays, and we're going to get into the flaws because their biggest flaw, and this is insane for an Alabama team, they are the fifth most penalized team in the country. And actually, they're tied for the second most penalties of any team in the country. They're just tied with four other teams. Yeah. That's, uh, that, you're right. That's pretty unexpected um, out of Alabama for, for a lot of reasons. A, you know, we know they get a little bit of love, but I mean, they also tend to recruit smart players who, you right. know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that's pretty surprising. Um, and yeah, it early. So I know we, we kind of put a pin in LSU, but early in that game, the Alabama defense looks dominant. I remember the first couple drives I was watching with, you know, the, the group we were hanging out with. I was like, Hey, all Alabama's going to win this game. Just so you know, uh, yeah. and I was wrong, uh, <laughs> but their defense just blew up the LSU offense early in a way that, you know, if they come out the same way against Ole Miss, like that'll be something that Ole Miss has to figure out how to weather. Uh, Cause they were dominant early uh, on defense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it'll be worth paying attention to how things track from quarter to quarter. Obviously, we'll be watching the whole game. But I just mean, like, um, you know, Ole Miss has shown a proclivity to have ups and downs of quarters. Uh, and uh, Alabama has as well. And so, you know, it was a it was a nothing game for the first half. And then suddenly there was just it was explosive and all that. Um so, so getting back to penalty yards, and I don't want to harp on this because I think that to some extent penalties are kind of harder to control for and all that sort of stuff. I don't think that Ole Miss should just assume Bama's going to commit a lot of them. They have 671 penalty yards on the season. That is <clears throat> really crazy. That's a ton. 671. Yeah, I mean, that that is crazy crushing to many many drives um yeah i i think this this team is flawed in ways that uh you know alabama teams typically aren't um bryce young is less effective uh despite the fact that he's still good they have they've dropped a lot of passes they don't do a lot with the ball once they catch it uh in the running game, so they, they did successfully bottled up Bijan Robinson and Devon Achain, Achain, sorry. Uh, but they struggled with Raheem Sanders, they struggled with Jalen White, and they struggled with Josh Williams. So uh, their their rushing stats of the defense are are pretty solid. Um, and like I said, they're in the what they're eleventh in in yards allowed. But they've had a few games where they let running backs you know blow up to an extent and. Um, Obviously, when when running quarterbacks are involved, that also makes it harder for them. They they struggle with that. Uh, yeah. And so you know that's. I think that obviously the key to Ole Miss winning is to run well, <laughs> uh, but it seems like it's not all that far fetched that they could. No, I think it is likely. Okay, so you know a lot of this hinges on Zach Evans being healthy. But if he yeah. is, these could be the best two running backs Alabama's faced all year. Yeah. On the yeah. team. 
Yeah, on the same team and on a team with a good run-blocking offensive line and a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean... And a team that makes you respect the deep pass, at least. Not that we really rely on it, but, you know, they're going to have to respect it. So, yeah, you think that's a recipe for a pretty good day on the ground, at least in terms of playing Alabama. Yeah, their secondary is very good. But when it has struggled, it is with receivers who look a little bit more like Jonathan Mingo or, I guess, Malik Heath. Um, And that's basically all Ole Miss has. (laughs) So, so, you know, if they can somehow get get things moving there. I I think that um, for Ole Miss to win... I mean, it has to play a phenomenal game. I think, I I think that there are some people who treated the Alabama game before they lost to LSU like, I don't know, we could do it. Like it's kind of a toss-up kind of thing. I I still do not think it's a toss-up kind of thing. It is. It is going to be really really hard to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my opinion on this game has swung a little bit more in favor of Ole Miss, um, just given some of the flaws we've seen from Alabama, but it's, yeah, I mean, they're, they're favored by, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14 points or whatever for a reason. And I think that's a pretty good, that seems like a pretty good pick for me right now. Yeah. So uh, how much of a factor do you think it matters that Ole Miss is coming off a bye? I don't know. It's it's so hard to say. I mean, lingering, nagging injuries have been a real point of concern for Ole Miss. Um, I don't think that's the reason for their, their one loss, uh, but it definitely contributed to it, and it's the reason that a lot of these other games have been tighter than you would have wanted. Um, having some of our, you know, really mainstay defensive players banged up uh, having Zach Evans banged up and, you know, Quinchon Judkins carrying it 30 times a game. Um, you know, these, these things have, have definitely played a factor. And so I don't know how much, how much good does a week do you, you know, it, it's hard to say when you're an elite athlete, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like how quickly you can bounce back from injury. I mean, faster than, than us in our late thirties. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it really remains to be seen. Like we, you know, need a big game out of our pass rushers, need a big game out of the linebackers, need a big game out of probably both running backs. Uh, and, and those are all areas, you know, where we've been a little injury prone this year. And so those guys need to have some like really <laughs> miraculous recoveries uh, for the yeah. week really matter. Yeah. I think that one thing that it, it helps a lot with is, you know, this team has played a lot of games that it knew were going to be close recently. I mean, it's one, it's one, most of those uh, got shellacked by LSU, but um, when you play, when you play close game after close game or, you know, like game that, you know, the other team is talented in, you're going to try to get as many snaps as you can out of Cedric Johnson. You're going to get as many snaps as you can against uh, out of Troy Brown. Uh, I guess Jalen Robinson, although like whatever. Um, And, you know, those guys have day-to-day, week-to-week injuries that 
they probably shouldn't be playing. And I don't mean like it's going to harm them long term or something like that. I just mean like, you know, in an ideal world, Ole Miss plays Vanderbilt when Troy Brown and Cedric Johnson can just sit it out and get ready. And so maybe even the difference of one week, one week off and one week not having to do any, take any snaps and not having to do anything really does make a difference for those guys who have been playing on snap counts all this time. Same thing with Zach Evans, you know, he tried it. He carried the ball, I think, eight times uh, against A&M. And those were great. Those were eight great runs. But, you know, if we hadn't needed him to do that, maybe he's more available, uh, you know, in, in games after that. And so I'm anxious to see or excited to see how, how that works out. And, of course, Michael Trigg, the rumored return of, of Michael Trigg. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I mean, obviously we heard initially, oh yeah, he's out for the season. Maybe he'll play the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like a couple of people who, I don't know, I saw message board idiots seemingly saying like, oh, he could be back as soon as Alabama. I was like, that's ridiculous. Right, like, like weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah uh-huh. uh, and now I guess maybe he will give it a go. I don't, I mean, I don't think we can expect him for a number of reasons to play a very full snap count uh, just cause you know, he, he proved to be kind of a little erratic uh, on, on the field in the early going. Um, but I think if you're Lane Kiffin, if you're going to put him out there, you're going to put him out there for a reason. Um, and whether that's as a very clever decoy or, you know, in situations like in the red zone or obvious passing downs or whatever, I mean, I, I really look forward to seeing what, what their plan is with him. I think you got to go for it. Like, I think, I mean, already uh, our hopes are dashed. Like, I think in the preseason pod that we recorded, I want to say we both had him leading the team in receptions. Yeah, silly us. And um. then <laughs> I, I don't think either one of us had him leading it in receiving yards. I think that honor at least for me, went to Jalen Robinson, who has like three catches on the on the year. Um, turns out Jonathan Mingo, the number one receiver, probably should have just been like the pick. Uh, <clears throat> but it's clear that Michael Trigg is a very talented player. And against Alabama, if he's back, I think they should heavily integrate him, try to use him, because... What's the alternative? Like they they play a bottled up offense that doesn't necessarily work, and then what what is it? What harm has it done to like instead try to see if they can make something happen with him? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just I wonder how his body will hold up to just being tossed back in in that kind of game, especially. Um, but yeah, I mean you're right. There's there's definitely some some risk in being too conservative, just throwing you know, Casey Kelly and whoever else out there. I think Trigg is a guy who will will be athletically on par with Alabama's defense where n- none of the other tight ends can say the same. Um, yeah. And so, there, yeah, there, I think there's a lot of value to that, just having a guy who's on that same level. Um, yeah, so- I, I guess, like, his ability to be in the game long-term... Um, so, you know, he had a broken collarbone. So, like, it's either broken or it's not, right? So, 
if it's not, then you play him a lot. But the question is, how much was he able to maintain during the time that he was out with a broken collarbone? Because I think I mentioned on a previous pod, when I was in the third grade, uh, I broke my collarbone. And uh, doing anything hurt. So, like, was he able to, you know, run and do leg lifts and, like, all sorts of things that, you know, would potentially help him stay in the game longer in this game or was it just like this needs to rest you know yeah yeah i mean surely again him being an elite athlete him having access to the the sure you know, that's different than a third grader yeah definitely <laughs> surely they found ways to keep him sort in shape but it's not the same as playing sec football and and yeah i mean i just hope his his athleticism can find a way to to give us an advantage you know yeah um, so l- let's do a, a little over under, this is not in the pod notes, but, uh, over under a hundred yards rushing for Quinshawn Judkins. Um, I'll give him the over. I mean, nobody's been able to stop him recently, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, th- this is a cop out for me, uh, but to me, it's entirely dependent on, if Zach Evans is once again playing only a few ki- only a few snaps, that sort of thing, uh, because if he's full go, I would like to see a more healthy uh, dis- or I guess le- less of a disparity between those two uh, in terms of carries. So maybe there's just not enough volume to get Judkins up. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, but yeah, I'm I'm smashing the over. Uh, well, gently smashing the over because it's it's still Alabama. But uh. <laughs> okay, okay. Then the other only other over I'll do is over under two hundred yards passing for uh, or sorry, two hundred and fifteen yards passing for Jackson Dart. Two fifteen. Oh man, you made it really tough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go the the under. Uh, I think I think it'll be close to that. I think that's a pretty good over under to set. But I, I think. Ole Miss is going to have a pretty good day rushing the ball. And I think when Ole Miss has been dominant rushing, that's kind of been the target number is about 200 yards passing for Dart. Yeah, I'll go under as well. Um, I just think that they, it's look, we're, we're entering what game 10. Yeah. Uh, game 10 on the season and at this point we know that the offense is designed around the running game including Jackson Dart and that in the passing game it is a it is an approach of don't screw it up uh and that has worked that's worked really well so why change it just because it's Alabama okay um so uh I think the other thing that I would say is defensively Ole Miss needs to blitz and they need to not do 10 yard cushions on every play. Bryce Young won the Heisman last year. And despite the fact that the receivers, you know, haven't been dominant one, they were incredibly talented out of high school and uh, you know, have, have played. And also two, uh, if you just give Bryce Young forever, it doesn't matter uh, he will ultimately find somebody and, and make you pay. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the more frustrating things about 
that approach from from Olness and and the defense is like given the Olness offense and how the objective is to have as many snaps as possible why is your defensive strategy to let the opposing offense dink and dunk you to death yeah make them make them beat you over the top we have like big good cornerbacks uh a ball hawk free safety uh you know we have the pieces in place to clamp down on the pass if we so choose it it would seem yeah you know it, it's interesting you you talk about that um because it, it kind of got me thinking like this Ole Miss offense would dominate this Ole Miss defense and I don't mean like that the Ole Miss defense is bad or incapable of stopping someone or something like that but like the a defensive approach of like keep everything in front of you don't allow big plays and everything like okay Quinshaw Jenkins and Zach, Zach Evans are perfectly fine with that, you know? Yeah. And so Alabama uh, doesn't have the running game that Ole Miss does, but is also perfectly fine with just taking what's there and, you know, having Jameer Gibbs bust a few that go crazy and, you know, ultimately make the defense pay. I just think that you got to try to make havoc plays and the best way to do that is to put pressure on on Bryce Young. Yeah, absolutely agree. Okay, so uh season expectation. This is uh what we what we talk Oh, actually, uh let's go through projected players of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I added that to the notes. I thought that was fun. I know. I, I think that's I think that's cool. I mean, it's it's preposterous but also fun. Mhm. Uh Tell you what, man, I know that I, I smashed the over on Quinshawn Judkins. Uh, I'm going to go with Zach Evans. I, I want, this is, this is my want, not necessarily my, <laughs> my logic, but I, I want him to have like that big coming out game against an elite opponent and it'd be a great time to do it. All right. My, my wacky one uh, is Cedric Johnson. All right. Uh, I, I don't have bold predictions about like what he's going to do, but I think that for Ole Miss to win, it needs to get pressure, and he's the one who can help do that. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that's if he's the player of the game, then that's probably good for Ole Miss, <laughs> I think. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, this, this presupposes a win in, in this case. Yeah. I, I think that... Players of the game and losses are just such a sucky thing to have to even talk about. Who did yeah. the best at like suck at you know helping us suck the least? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let's talk then. Uh, what's your prediction on the game? I am predicting something like a, a two touchdown Alabama victory with kind of a, a late cover kind of situation. Um, I, I think Ole Miss is going to give it a really good run, but, but yeah, uh, something decently high scoring kind of, I don't know, Ole Miss scores 30, Alabama scores 44 or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the only possible outcome in my mind that is, I'm sorry, the only impossible outcome in my mind is Ole Miss blows out Alabama. I, I think that's impossible. Uh, but I think it'll be a close Alabama w- win as well. 
Um, and I know 14 points, like you said, doesn't necessarily sound all that close. I mean, I think the game will seem close. And then at the end, you know, the score might not be all that close, but it'll kind of be a look back on like, uh, if these things had gone a little bit differently, then, you know, Ole Miss, Ole Miss could have pulled it out. Uh, okay, so last question before we go. We've asked this question every pod. Has your season expectation changed? Um, mine has not. I'm, I'm think I'm now all in on 10 and two. Uh, I, I think Arkansas is about out of gas and I, I still feel good about the, you know, the specific matchups, uh, in the egg bowl. So. Yeah. I think that 10 and two at this point is the most likely outcome. Uh, which I, I actually, the last time we talked, I said nine and three. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a change. Arkansas, you know, lost to Liberty, <laughs> uh, and Mississippi state, you know, looked fine against Auburn, um, but ultimately allowed them to come back, uh, take it to overtime, which state won. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, I, 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 like you think that the Ole Miss defense is specifically set up to defeat teams like Mississippi state. And I don't mean that like we chose our, our defense just to beat state or something like that, but the defensive formation and strategy of lots of secondary, keep them in front of you uh, is very much pairs well against what Mississippi state tries to do, which is short passes and try to make something happen. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's going to do it for us today. And uh, next week we will have a recap of the Alabama game. It could be jubilant or very sad. <laughs> Talk then.